In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here on 1701 AM, as we equip you with practical solutions to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. And this week, we tackle a very important aspect of our Catholic faith, and that is the Holy Rosary as given uh, to St. Dominic, I believe. Father John Flader here, our regular, will be going into detail. Welcome aboard, Father. Thank you very much, George. Good to Excellent. be here again. Yes, I uh, look forward to, you know, going on my retreat this weekend and having you there. <laughs> well, let's hope you get there and <laughs> I hope I'm there too. <laughs> that, yeah, definitely. So this, I think the rosary is something I really want to brush up on because when I came back to the Catholic faith in the year 2008, 2009, I had my reversion back to the faith I'd always seen the rosary as some kind of an annoying, repetitive uh, uh, bunch of beads. And, and it took me a while to really become accustomed to... Uh, it actually took me several years, maybe a year or two into my reversion back to the faith to actually adapt myself again to the Holy Rosary. And I think it, this helps me tonight really recap on that and helps a lot of our listeners actually understand and appreciate the Holy Rosary. So... Let's go straight into where did it come from and why do we need it? Where did it come from? When I go into classes, I'm chaplain of a girls' school and I'll often ask them multiple choice. Where did the rosary come from? A, one of the popes gave it to us. B, Saint Our Lady gave it to St. Dominic. C, it arose out of Christian piety. And most people will answer B, if they think they know something, the Dominicans don't accept that either. It arose out of Christian piety, and it goes way back to the early centuries when people at the beginning, and even in the third century, the records of Paul of Thebes. By the way, I'm using my little book, that Understanding the Rosary, which is published by Catholic True Society of London. We published it ourselves in World Youth Day in the Catholic... Uh, which you wrote? Father. Yes, so I wrote, understanding yeah. the rosary. If you you might want to get a copy of that, understanding the rosary by Father John Flader. It can be found in your local Catholic bookstore, or you can order it directly from CTS online. CTS uh, in England, and mm. it's sold in most countries. Exactly. Anyway, so uh, Paul of Thebes, in who lived in Greece from 234 to 347, is said to have recited. 300 Our Fathers each day. So it began with the Our Father. Wow. 
And then when the monks were reciting the 150 psalms in the breviary, lay people who couldn't read wanted to accompany them, and they began reciting 150 Our Fathers. So at the beginning, it was the Our Father, and they were counting them on beads. And eventually, they made what is now the rosary, but a circular uh, set of beads so that you could pray without ceasing. There's no end to a circle, and that was the idea of praying without ceasing. There's and that concept of eternity, that circular exactly. dimension that you can constantly count how many Our Fathers that you're praying. You know, it's actually interesting that I'm sure you've seen the Eastern Rosary, the Eastern Orthodox user and Eastern Catholics, the Byzantine Rosary. I think... I, I think... Uh, uh, I, I met a Greek Orthodox monk uh, many years ago and uh, he said to me that they usually pray without ceasing on their rosary, uh, Lord have mercy on me a sinner, and they repeat it mm-hmm. as many times. So that concept was both in East and West of, of repetition, of repetition of using yeah. of using beads to count uh, as many our fathers, many different kinds of prayers in a repetitive sense in that circular nature gives you that dimension of eternity. I mean, Exactly. Praying without and then... Ceasing. Um, in London, there's a street called Paternoster Row. Paternoster, of course, being our father in Latin, <laughs> and Row is the street in which they made these beads. The guilds that made the beads were located on that street. I lived in Hobart for six years, and in North Hobart, there's a street called Paternoster Row <laughs> near, the, near the Anglican Church. Now, when does the Hail Mary enter? More around the 11th century, so in the 10 hundreds, the Hail Mary became popular, especially in England. And at that time, it consisted only of the first part, which is all from Scripture. And the name Jesus wasn't there. And of course, when the angel greeted Our Lady, he didn't use the word Mary. But Hail, full of grace, and Mary was included by popular piety. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. First words from the angel Gabriel, blessed is the fruit of thy womb from Elizabeth, and also she had said, blessed are you among women. The the Hail Mary ended there until a pope would later add it. In fact, it was Pope Pius V who standardized the rosary, the Dominican pope. Was this during the time of the Council of Trent? Long before, well, Long before the rosary. The Council of Trent. Yeah. No, the rosary, 1569, came 1569. within the duration of the Council of Trent, which lasted from 1545 to 63, on and off, very sessions. Now, wait a second, 1569 is later, so after the Council of Trent, but it's in that same century. So now we've got Hail Marys, and reciting 150 Hail Marys to accompany the monks with the 150 psalms. And it was sometimes called the angelic psalter. Psalter spelled P-S-A-L-T-E-R. Angelic because of the angel's words, Hail Mary, full of grace. And psalter from the psalms, 150 psalms. So 150 Hail Marys counted on beads became quite popular. Now, where does St. Dominic enter? He was trying to convert the heretics of his day, the Albigensians and the, and the Cathars, and often having great difficulty. It this seems, is in southern France. 
Yes, at exactly. Time. Yeah, the Cathares were in southern France, I believe, in around yeah. the Languedoc and area. Across other countries too. Yeah, exactly. But France was where they yep. were more centered. And St. Dominic, of course, is from Spain. And then Our Lady appeared to him and encouraged him to use the rosary. And so he didn't invent the rosary. Our Lady didn't give him the rosary already made. It was already yes. there. And he, Our Lady simply encouraged St. Dominic to use the rosary in his fight. So he would pray it before he began to preach, as he did all his life. And then he had great success in converting many, at least, of those heretics. It was very much the census <clears throat> fidelium of the church that sort of developed gradually and organically developed the rosary, and then Our Lady solidified it through her exactly uh, apparition and uh, conveying it in its in its in its complete sense to Saint Dominic. So it's it's really a perfect example of organic growth over the centuries through Absolutely. the sense of the faithful. And yeah. when something arises out of popular piety, provided it's not just something for a given country, a given culture, the rosary is universal. Because it arose out of popular piety, it will last. And the rosary is still here and perhaps growing in popularity. And in this past year, we've seen a couple of different um, efforts to have a million rosaries said. For example, all the girls in the school where I'm chaplain, Tengara School for Girls, said the rosary last Friday afternoon. And they were trying to accompany others around the world to say a million rosaries. I just saw an article today about the Mexican actor Eduardo Verastegui, yes. who's also a producer. <laughs> and he's trying to popularize the rosary as well and get a million rosaries said. And there have been efforts before leading up to the birthday of Our Lady, September 8th, where they wanted a million rosaries, and I, they probably had far more than that. And then, of course, the virtual rosary pilgrimage of Perusia Media. Which was a which, great success. Which I was involved in. It was exactly. an absolute outstanding With over 40,000 views. Over 40,000 people registered for it. Wow. From 106 countries, and I saw the list of countries. Some of those countries I had you never, had never heard, heard of. <laughs> no, no, they might have had just one person or two. There were Arab countries, Muslim countries, all over the world. People were registering for that pilgrimage. Yep. It, it was a and um, throughout the full duration of the eighth of September, Our Lady's birthday to the 7th of October, Our Lady of the Rosary. There was something on every day. The rosary was said every day, and speakers were on every day. Exactly. I, I, I personally couldn't keep up with it. I mean, I was trying to get it, and obviously watched your segment, but I got in as many speakers as I could. But that constancy there and that frequency really helped people who, at different segments of time, couldn't catch it, always caught at least several of the episodes there. And it, yeah. was, it, was, it was very good. I mean, to have that... Uh, the great traffic that was coming through. I mean, who knows how many souls we're saving just through during this pandemic and um, and uh, exposing the faith to the people. Having a renewed sense of the faith through social media has been absolutely mm. tremendous. <laughs> I mean, our pod stats just went through the roof during COVID and the amount of emails that came through to the Catholic Toolbox and our show. I mean, uh, it's it's not about getting views or hits it's really about how many people are listening and are changing their life and coming closer to our lord because of an episode that really touched them yes and we yes. don't know how many people 
it's God's work at the end yeah. of the day, and yeah. that's what's really satisfying about yeah. it. Yeah. It's grace, and yes, when that yeah. many people are watching something, and there were some outstanding talks, the, the keynote one at the beginning was from Dal Father Donald Calloway, yeah. who's Donald written Calloway. a couple of books yeah. on the rosary. He's outstanding. Edward Sri gave a talk on saying the rosary better than ever. <laughs> that was a great one, yeah. Very good. I enjoyed that All one, definitely. All this helps people to understand why say the rosary. Anyway, let's continue <clears throat> with the history. Yes. So now we've got Our Lady encouraging St. Dominic to say it. So that's now, of course, in the 13th century. Then in the 14th century, they began to divide the 150 Hail Marys into groups of 50. So there were three groups oh, of yeah. 50. And then, interestingly enough, in Eton College, one of the great public schools of England, uh, it was required in the year 1440 that every student in the college say what is today the three parts of the rosary, that is, the 150 Hail Marys every day. All the students wow. in that college. Back then, of course, England was Catholic and Eton <laughs> was Catholic. In a college. <laughs> now, then the mysteries gradually developed. At one time, someone had proposed one mystery for each Hail Mary. So you had 150 mysteries. It would be very difficult to remember those. And the, uh, in 1483, a Dominican Psalter of Our Lady, it was published in Germany, which reduced the themes to the 15 mysteries we know today. Yep. So that's easier to remember, 15 mysteries. Then in 1568, the Dominican Pope St. Pius V added the second part of the Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. That's a powerful ending to a prayer. And when we say that 50 times in a rosary, there's a lot of spiritual depth in that. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, now and at, at the, the hour, hour of our of death. Our Let's death. just dissect that. So we need prayer now to be moved by grace and to continue to, to come to the state of grace and to, to seek the salvation of our soul and to grow further in sanctifying grace and, most especially, at the hour of our death. When our She'll intercede is, for us. She is gate of heaven. She's interceding for everyone as mother of mercy at the end of our life. It doesn't mean everyone is necessarily saved. Some may reject God's mercy. But, our but lady if we invoke is Our Lady, obviously given the conditions of uh, being in the state of grace and following through the... Um, the gateway to salvation and invoking Our Lady, she will intercede for us. Do you want to hear a story, a true story of an American priest for whom Our Lady intervened at the last moment? Yes, absolutely. This is the story. Of I said Father, yes in my head before you finished the sentence. <laughs> Father Stephen Shire, spelled S-C-H-E-I-E-R. Ordained for a diocese in Kansas, and the year I can't remember at the moment. So, after 12 years of priesthood, he's driving back from Wichita to the little town where he was the priest. And he had a head-on collision with a ute, and he was thrown onto the pavement. The right side of his scalp of his head was torn off. His brain was partially exposed wow. and damaged, and of course he was unconscious. He was taken by ambulance to the near, nearby hospital. They sewed the scalp back on just to close the head, and then sent him by air ambulance back to Wichita, where they gave him, it was something like a 15% chance of survival, 
and most assuredly he would be brain damaged because of the the, the damage to his head. Um, in May of the following year, this happened in October, in May of the following year, he was back in his parish without any brain damage. <laughs> and wow. he was saying Mass one day when the gospel was on the barren fig tree where it hasn't produced figs. And the owner comes and says to the caretaker, cut it down, it hasn't borne fruit. And the caretaker says, but if we water it and manure it, perhaps it will bear fruit, give it one more year. And then he's allowed to do that. This priest was reading that gospel. As he read it, he said, as I read it, the page seemed to be illumined and enlarged and to come off the lectionary, which is, of course, the book, towards me. Quite disconcerted, he finished Mass, went back to his house. There he remembered something that had happened just after the accident when he was unconscious, one of these near-death experiences. And we should say that he was a priest for 12 years, but he relates to Mother Angelica on EWTN, and one can find this interview by just putting his name into Google, that during those years, he just wanted to be popular with his people. So he said, I never preached about dogma or morals. I only preached about peace, joy, and love. That's what the people wanted to hear. He said, with my fellow priests, I just wanted to be one of the boys. So we never talked about spiritual things, just about football. Now, he has this recollection of something that happened when he was unconscious after the accident. And I've quoted this so often. I'm saying this by heart, but it's not word for word, but it's very close to what he related to Mother Angelica, which was, I found myself caught up before the judgment seat of God, and I heard the voice of Jesus. He took me through my life and all of my sins, and after every sin that he showed me, all I could say was, yes, yes, yes. When I committed those sins, I always had an excuse. But now, in the face of the truth, there was no place for excuses. And at the end of that, Jesus showed me what I deserved for my sins. We have to say, which he doesn't relate himself, that as a result of the sins and undoubtedly the fact that he was not sorry when he had the accident for some mortal sins, our Lord showed him that what he deserved for his sins was eternity in hell. And he said, I realized that was what I deserved. Then I heard a woman's voice say, son, if we give him more grace, no, save his life and his immortal soul. And Jesus said, but mother, 
That's what he deserves for his sins. He has been a priest for 12 years, for himself and not for me. And then the woman's voice said, But if we give him more grace and more strength, perhaps he will be good or bear fruit. And then, there, and if not, he's yours. And then there was a, a moment of silence, and Jesus said, Mother, he's yours. He survived, had no brain damage, and you see him in the interview with Mother Teresa dressed in, in the garment of a, um, of the, the dress of a uh, religious society in, in Kansas, and he is an outstanding priest. So he became very Marian, very Catholic in every way. And uh, wow. this is the story of Mary at the hour of our death interceding for someone. And wow. let us not discount that possibility that at the hour of our death, Our Lady will be there putting in a good word for us. Absolutely. Now, Father, let's go into the three practical tools. No, wait a second. We have to finish. Okay. Oh, no, we're not so, finished, No, we? we finished with um, Pope Benedict, Pope Do Pius V, the, yeah. the Dominican, in 1568, adding the, the end of the Hail Mary. Then in 1569, he standardized the rosary in its present form. That is to say, the, the three sets of mysteries, joyful, sorrowful, and glorious. And then, depending on how it began, in different places, it may, be gone, may begin with the Apostles' Creed, as we say here yep. generally now. That's when right. I came to Australia, we didn't, or not everybody began with the Apostles' Creed. They began with other prayers. <clears throat> and then generally ending with the Hail Holy Queen. The Litany of Loretto is often said at the end. I always say it myself. And Pope Francis has added three more invocations in the Litany of Loretto. That's not part of the rosary in, it, in its form. Yep. And then, of course, John Paul II enters in 2002 with the Luminous Mysteries in the apostolic letter Rosarium Virginis Mariae, which he dated the 16th of October 2002. And now we have the, the mysteries from our Lord's public life. So we've had his infancy up to the age of 12 with the finding in the temple. Now the th five luminous mysteries, salient points of his public life, then the sorrowful mysteries with his passion and death and the glorious mysteries of his resurrection and glorification. And then just on October as the month of the rosary, Sometimes people ask that question, did that arise out of popular piety? People just began to attribute or say the rosary more often in October. And the answer is no. That was official, declared by Pope Leo XIII in 1883. In that year, he wrote an encyclical on the rosary, and he wrote 16 encyclicals in 16 years, beginning in 1883. Yep. So um, that's the rosary, and it does us the world of good. We can consider more how we can say it and how we can get more out of it. Exactly. And uh, I think uh, really that's a lot there. I mean, the whole history, the whole tradition, the, the organic growth of the rosary 
Now, how do we get started, Father? What are three practical suggestions or tools here on the toolbox of how we can get started for those who have been away from the faith? Maybe the rosary can be your gateway back to Holy Mother Church. For those who have been Catholic but struggling to adopt this prayer into into their lives, they find it repetitive and they're genuinely struggling. Or if you've never prayed the rosary before and you're, or you're, you want to learn to become interested in it, how can we start? What are three gateways to start praying the rosary on a daily basis or praying the rosary at all, for that matter? You've mentioned a type of person. There's other people like myself who say the rosary every day, yep. and maybe I would need different tools. But let's start with somebody who hasn't been saying it or hasn't been saying it regularly and may not understand why we should say it at all. The first practical tool for them might be get a little booklet like this one. There's quite a few booklets on understanding the rosary. I've seen them advertised. Yep. Or one can go online and look up the rosary and one will find abundant material. I haven't done this, but the, everything is on the We can internet. start off by probably getting a copy of your booklet, Understanding well, the can, Rosary. If they can get it, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a small little booklet. It's not. It gets really straight to the point. It's short and sweet. It's not difficult to read. So Understanding the Rosary by Father John Flader, which can be accessed online by any online platform, you can go to... It's not online. Uh, I believe you can still purchase it online. Through, you can always purchase it online. You can always online. purchase it online, definitely. For those who may not, I think during COVID-19, restricted from going to stores. But you can also get it from your local Catholic bookshop. I'm sure they'll be You can always order it, order it through a you Catholic You can always bookshop. order it through. There's no excuses. <laughs> I'll, I'll just read the table of contents if anybody's interested. Exactly, What yeah. does this have? Where did we get the rosary? Popes have encouraged the rosary. Numerous quotations from popes on the rosary. Our Lady encourages the rosary. Where did she do that? The rosary is a rich prayer. It has a lot in it in various ways. Yep. How can we develop that theme? The rosary is a powerful prayer. A number of historical events that the rosary has been attributed to. The Battle of Lepanto, perhaps, perhaps of being Lepanto. the first one. Yep. Uh, if you ask me, the fall of communism after Our Lady in, in um, Fatima in 1917 urged the world to say the rosary for the conversion of <clears throat> Russia. When she said that, Russia had not yet fallen to the Bolsheviks. That would come just a few weeks later. Then it became communist. Millions of people were killed. It was the, the worst of atheistic socialism. And communism, and then so many people praying the rosary. And John Paul II, of course, was the pivotal figure. He said the rosary himself. It was his favorite prayer. And then he intervened in Poland, encouraging the, the people in Poland and, of course, the Solidarity Movement. Communism fell first in Poland and then the satellite countries of the Soviet Union and finally in Russia itself. And... I personally think that all those probably millions of rosaries that were said would have had a great part to play in the fall of communism. So it's a powerful prayer, and we should pray for our own intentions. We may have someone very sick in our family, a very important intention, or in our country, 
in the world, in the church, and there's a lot of important intentions right now, end of COVID. So it's a powerful prayer. The rosary in different situations, praying it in the church, praying it in the family, praying it at home, in, in the car. And then the next one is the family rosary. Different ways of saying the rosary. Different ways of saying it. There's, there's various ways. We could go into that later if you like. Objections to the rosary. Oh, it's repetitive. Oh, it's a prayer for children. And uh, it's boring. So we need to we, be we've, like heard this, we've heard this all. Here are the objections. And one of the things that I quote there is an article by the one who is to become Pope John Paul I, Cardinal Albino Luciani, who wrote an article defending the rosary against these objections. So I have a lot of quotations from that article in objections. Then meditating on the mysteries of the rosary, why we should do that, and then we go through the joyful, sorrowful, luminous, and glorious, and then how to say the rosary, just at the end there's various ways of saying it, yep. but how to say it. So it has quite a bit on understanding the rosary and encouraging people to pray it. So if someone doesn't understand the rosary or isn't praying it or doesn't know what it is at all, I would suggest getting a book or a booklet, and you will find them in any Catholic bookshop. You know, it's also a very helpful way to start by pray to start praying the rosary is actually going on YouTube, finding a a a recorded version of the rosary or video. Ah, yes, yes. And that can help you to start. You get in the rhythm and you pray with the recording. Yep. Which is very good. That helped me to start it out. And uh, I mean, having on radio, we have it here live on Voice of Charity, also EWTN has it. Um, and that really helps people because when they listen to it, I mean, people love podcasts these days. People want to listen to things, especially when you're driving the car. It can really help you and keep you accountable when you're first starting. Keep you concentrating and keep the, the mind on the rosary. And amongst the, the ones that are online are Pope John Paul II praying the rosary in Latin <laughs> with a group of people. Exactly. And then you've got little reflections before each mystery. Sometimes you have a hymn after the after the mysteries so look for something and that's a very good suggestion exactly so that's a good that's a practical tool for the toolbox practical box. tool for the toolbox so and then decide that we have to say decide that yes i'm going to say the rosary when and it when doesn't it, if if you can say it every day so much the better Every day, the rosary. I think setting a time, for instance, in the car while you're traveling, doing half the rosary to work and the other half back home can really help fill the time. Because sometimes we're tired. We don't want to pray the rosary when we go back home. Um, filling it in in those certain areas, are, are standardizing the time when you're going to do it. Absolutely. So it keeps you accountable. You're not falling away. You're not just saying any time during the day. It's with anything in life. I think that's a very... Good, a third good practical tool that we can take into account to actually get started on this. One, one story of, uh, of what you're saying and its effectiveness was I, I went to Canberra for 20 years doing the work of Opus Dei there, and I would see a young lawyer, a young single man, and we would talk about mental prayer. And Every time I saw him, for months, it was the same story. Father, after I saw you last time, I started doing the mental prayer. I did it for three or four days. Then I stopped, but I'll start over. And so I encouraged him. But month after month, he was starting, but he wasn't continuing. One month, he said, guess what? I said the rosary every single day 
uh, I said that I did my mental prayer every single day since I saw you last. And I said, what happened? And he said, I realized the only way I was going to do that was if I committed myself. So commit yourself to something. How often? Maybe not every day. Maybe I can say it on Sundays. Maybe I can say it on Wednesdays and Fridays or one day a week. But see what you can do and commit yourself both to the day or days and the time and the place. And seeing it in the car, I use the themes for meditation, which we can go back to later, exactly. which are at the back of this booklet. And I find them very helpful. I'll tell you why I came up exactly. with these. We definitely and have to go back into that. Definitely. So I was saying the rosary on the way here. I said another one this morning, and I'll say another one on the way home. And all those themes are in my mind, so I don't have to open a booklet exactly. while I'm driving, which would be Absolutely. unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Father, for that uh, great insight here. And uh, just a quick primer before we go for our break. If you're considering hiring a photographer, videographer for your wedding, function, or any other occasion, I highly recommend you check out Captured Frames on www.capturedframes.com. That is on www.capturedframes.com. They do a tremendous job, especially leading up to my wedding and uh, the wedding of many other friends and good Catholics. And another point there is that we need to support good practicing Catholics in their businesses. We need to support each other. It's imperative that we try to procure as many services as we can from good practicing Catholics by putting money in the hands of those who practice the faith and will do uh, uh, will do what's in the interest of the church. So I highly recommend you check out the quality of Captured Frames. You can email Siren on uh, Siren, which is C-Y-R-O-N at capturedframes.com.au and get in contact with him. I highly recommend you check them out. So now we'll take our break before we open the line to call in with your questions or comments. The number in to call in here in studio and any international calls will incur a surcharge. So the magic number is 96256111. That is 96256111. Or email us here at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com. Or simply in any of the live Facebook feeds, you can comment your question and it will be given to Father John Flater here while we're live. Or you can email us at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com even after and we'll send it through to Father John Flater to answer it for you even after the show. So, stay tuned here on 17.01 a.m.
Welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, Georgia Manasseh, here on 1701AM, as we equip you with practical solutions to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. So we're continuing our discussion on the Rosary, one of the greatest devotions of our faith here with Father John Flader, uh, one of our regulars here on the Catholic Toolbox. So for those tuning in, the Catholic Toolbox is also live for those tuning in with us through Cradio, which is Perusia Media's online radio, through cradio.org.au. And be sure to subscribe and download to the Catholic Toolbox podcast to re-access any of the episodes that we do here on radio while you're driving and may be convenient for you. So go to the Catholic Toolbox podcast on any podcast platform to download it to get access to any of the episodes. So... Now we have an open line to call in here with your questions or comments. The number is 9625611. That is 9625611. Or you can email us at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com or simply comment in the Facebook live feeds at the moment. Now for a quick promo. So if you're considering hiring a photographer, videographer for your wedding function or occasion, I highly recommend you check out Captured frames that is captured frames on www.capturedframes.com they are a good catholic australian uh, based in sydney and they also travel around the country to cover your wedding and dave you just look here on the facebook live the quality of their work is outstanding and you're supporting a good practicing catholic and it's very important to try and procure services from good practicing catholics we know where the money goes in the hands of people who practice the faith and will propagate the faith. And they do a tremendous job. There is a reason leading up to my wedding, personally, they are undoubtedly the choice for to cover our very important day. So, Father, now we are going in, continuing, you wanted to continue on the reflections of the rosary, I believe, the, the themes. Was themes it? for meditation on the, the themes for meditations, there it is. My name is German. By background, I was born in the United States, and I'm a fourth-generation American. But my mindset is is Germanic, American, which means practical. Actually, Germans are pretty up in the clouds with their, their philosophers. I'm down to earth. I, my, I'm not an intellectual. I'm just down here on the, on the on, at ground level. So if somebody tells me, meditate on the Annunciation, that's where we start. Meditate on the Annunciation. And my first reaction to that is, excuse me, there's a lot going on there. There's an angel appearing, announcing to a virgin betrothed to Joseph that she is to bear a son, and the angel says a lot about who this son is to be. And Mary asks, how can this be, since I do not know man? And then uh, the angel explains how it will be, and then Mary says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. So all of that is going on, and my mind wants something more specific than the whole Annunciation. So over a period of years, and I did this when I was in Hobart in the early 1990s, I thought I've got to come up with very practical, specific themes for meditation on each one of the mysteries. And over a period of about three years, I kept writing them down as I thought of them <laughs> and looking at the scriptures, of course, to get the, the inspiration. I came up with five different themes for every mystery. 
I'll just open the back of this booklet, which has them. And by the way, if anybody wants me to send just the themes, I have it in a soft copy, and they could email For me. For free. Yeah, I can. I can just send the the themes. Exactly. And. and and what would your email be for those who want to reach out to you directly? You're also the author of the um, uh, the Question Time series in the Catholic Weekly uh, newspaper. You have your column, which which is right in the middle of the newspaper. I think you can find it if you switch over. There's the email address is at the end of each article, but most people around the world aren't going to get the Catholic Weekly. And um, so, for those so live on air, if you want to go go you. to my blog, I have a blog on which I post primarily of late anyway half-hour meditations on any theme. The last one, which went up last Saturday, just a few days ago, was called Re-Christianizing Society. It's looking at the state of the world, the state of Australia, because we're here, which is dark, it's bleak. We need to bring Christ and God back into the world. Is there anything we can do? So that's the topic of that meditation. And there's other meditations. The previous two were on prayer. And there's over 100 meditations. I do a half hour of mental prayer every day, and some people do, so they're half hour. Exactly. And, uh, so what we now, call part of the norms of piety, which St. Jose Maria speaks exactly. about. Yeah. So how are you going to find my blog? Just put my surname, Flader, I pronounce it, but Flader, so my I brother pronounces it's it. It's on Flader, Father, so, right. so F-A-T... No, no, don't even worry about Flutter. F- uh, Flutter, Father. Don't worry about Father. Just put F-L-A-D-E-R, yeah. blog, or meditations into Google, which is where I've often done it. I tell someone, just put Flutter meditations or Flutter blog into Google, and it comes up I just up simply put away. Flutter into Google, and it came up with Father Flader blog with meditations, the Catholic Weekly, the books you've published, Father. <laughs> so it's as easy as that. It's as easy as flutter in Google. Now, this can this can mean two things. Either I'm exceedingly famous or there's only one flutter. <laughs> and that's not true. There's three flutters on Google that I have found. Oh, really? Yeah. One is my sister, Susan, who writes books on environmental history. Yes. And the other one is a plumber from Illinois in the U.S., and he's probably a relative. He's probably I doubt relative. either of them are as famous as you are. Well, <laughs> mine comes up first, so, so that, that I get more hits than as famous than as you are, sister. Father. Our first question is coming via email, the Catholic Toolbox. Uh, no, sorry, George. Yeah. Why don't we just um, before say we something go into about the questions? This. Excellent. So yes, I just we'll I just save it uh, there. give you a, a synopsis of what this is all about. I came up with five different themes for each medi- for each um, um, mystery. For example, just with the Annunciation, yes. the Blessed Trinity chooses Mary to be God's mother. Love for the Blessed Trinity is the theme. Each one of these has two columns. The left-hand column is something, an aspect of the mystery, something that's going on, and the right-hand column is the theme. So the Blessed Trinity chooses Mary. Let's pray about love for the Blessed Trinity. If you choose the first theme for the first mystery, you choose the first theme for all the others. And then, in this case, you're going to get a sequence. The sequence will be, in the second mystery of the visitation, love for Jesus. In the third, love for Mary. 
in the fourth love for Joseph and in the fifth love for the Holy Family. Wow. In the second themes, you're going to get virtues. So Mary is ever virgin. And the theme that we meditate on is chastity. And we can examine ourselves. How do I live this virtue? I have to pray more for it and for others who may not be succeeding. Third theme for the first joyful mystery is an angel appears to Mary. Then the theme can be devotion to the guardian angels. How often do we think about the guardian angels? Well, every five days, I come back to all of these themes every five days, and I'm reminded of devotion to the guardian angels. Then the the fourth theme is Our Lady's response, Be it done unto me according to thy word, and we can pray about docility to the will of God. And the fifth is Mary is full of grace. We can pray about the Immaculate Conception. And that fifth one gives rise to a number of dogmas. The Immaculate Conception, Mary is ever sinless. That's not a dogma, but it's a truth. Mary is the mother of God, and so on. So I find these very practical, very specific. I can zero in on something. So when we're praying the rosary, we have five three-minute meditations. The rosary, I say it's a rich prayer. It's vocal prayers, prayers that the church has given us. But we can meditate on the mysteries, and then it becomes mental prayer, meditation too. You have five three-minute meditations. I find them very helpful. You can get resolutions out of that. You can get some examination of conscience and see that you could improve. So anyway, that's the themes. And let's go back to a question. Father, I don't know if you're a mystic or not, but the question, I think you just answered the question. Basically, uh, we had a question emailed here from Mary. And she asks, uh, while praying the rosary, what is the proper thing to meditate on? Is it the words of the prayer or is it the mysteries? Thank you from Mary. (laughs) Mary, you are asking a question that many, many people ask, and it's answered in this booklet, Different Ways of Praying the Rosary. Father John Flater, read your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. First, we are recommended often to meditate on the mysteries. So the, the Hail Marys are going to pass through our lips, through our heart in a sense, but the mind will be on the mysteries. That's one way to say the rosary. Another way is to meditate on the words, to say the words in such a way that we are thinking, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. The the Hail Mary is a very, very rich prayer, scriptural, and then the the last part added by Pope Pope uh, Pius V. And then what Pope John Paul II recommends in his document, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, is a way of adding something after the name Jesus to every Hail Mary. For example, um, blessed is the fruit for the first joyful mystery of the Annunciation. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, become flesh in the womb of Mary. For example, that's the Annunciation. Become flesh, or who has taken flesh from Mary. And then for the second, um, blessed is the fruit of thy thy womb, Jesus, in Mary's womb as she visits her cousin Elizabeth. We can add whatever they like. There are a number of written um, invocations that we can use for that. That's a way of making each 
decade slightly different, adding, or in, yes, every, every decade. And another way that St. Josemaria used sometimes was, as he said the Hail Marys, emphasizing in his mind one word or phrase of each Hail Mary, like, for example, Mother of God, or pray for us sinners, or full of grace, or simply Jesus, blessed art thou among women. That can be very helpful too. Then we're not meditating on the mystery, but on the words of the Hail Mary. And whichever way, I mean, those are the two big categories, meditating on the mystery or meditating on the words. Both are acceptable, of course, and and advisable. We choose whatever works best for Because often I think, and I've struggled with this personally, is we focusing here, the, the, the words are powerful and I'd love to focus on the words, but how do I then keep, I, I sort of sometimes bring my mind in between the words to the actual mystery of, uh, mm-hmm. let's say, the, the agony in the garden or any other mystery. I just bring my mind to it there. How do we get the? Is it wrong to just be focusing purely on the words most of the time? It's never wrong. One or the other. It's is never it, wrong yeah. to think of what we're saying, and again, we can go to the prophet Isaiah that our Lord quotes himself. He said, "This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me." So, if we're just reciting words and our mind is thinking of what we're going to do on the weekend, then this then our heart is far from him. If we're saying the words and we're thinking of the words, then our heart is in, in the words, or it can be on the mysteries. Now, here's another point about the rosary. And if I asked everybody out there, which one of you has never had, dis- or doesn't have distractions habitually while you're saying the rosary, raise your hand. Nobody who is listening to this is <laughs> going to raise their hand. And I'm not going to raise my hand. And I dare say you're not going to raise your hand. Not either. while driving, Father. We all get distracted. We all get distracted. Not while cut, cutting somebody off on, on the motorway. <laughs> Holy so, Mary, Mary, Mother of God, and then cut off. Yeah. So, so we're going to get distracted. It's inevitable. Somebody once said that St. Teresa of Avila, whose feast we celebrated a few days ago, once said how many, I think it was seconds, the average person can pray without getting distracted. Uh, it, it, maybe we can do minutes, but we're not going to do hours without getting distracted unless we are truly a saint. And I think the saints got distracted too. <laughs> and um, So it's a legitimate distraction. Where, where A lot of people are trying and aspiring towards being fully focused on the rosary and they're, they're, they're genuinely struggling where they might have their mind on something and it may they may doze off. But to bring ourselves back, what's a good way to sort of focus? How, how do you focus, Father, with all the work that you do through the prelature and um, outside all the external work that you do in the, the hectic life that you live and everybody else in the prelature? Uh, lives in the, the massive amounts of work that they get done. How do you stay focused on a rosary? Something oh, so simple. I, I use humble. my theme. I use my themes. I I the find themes, them. Really, they're in my head. That's so how I, helpful I, they yes, are. Yes, they really are helpful. And I, you know what I'll be doing? I'll be getting a copy of your <laughs> understanding the rosary booklet. Mm, okay. And I think I'll be going right deep into the to the themes. I think I'll be employing that tactic that you spoke about. Now, one other important point on this, and that is. If someone says to me, Father, I get so distracted 
that it's not really worth saying that rosary. Mm -hmm. If I could say it with any degree of concentration, I would do it. But I get so distracted. Is it worthwhile saying the rosary? And I answer, absolutely. The time you spend before God and our Lord is looking at you and he sees you're trying, you're spending the time with him, you're spending those 15 minutes with him and he sees that and he rewards that, the effort you are making even though it doesn't bear much fruit. I've often said in preaching that people might say when you ask them, do you pray? Oh, I used to pray, but my prayers were never answered. And the very fact of praying is an answer to prayer because God is giving you grace for the fact of praying. And, and God can answer a person that says that, my son, my daughter, I don't value your prayers for what you get out of it. They will say, I don't get anything out of it. And God says, I don't value it for what you get out of it. I value it for what you put into it. I see the effort you are making. Maybe you're so tired, you're falling asleep. I was talking with a married woman today who says she gets very little sleep at night. And she's going to be tired during the day, and she's going to be tired in her prayer. But God sees the effort you make, even if you doze off from time to time. Because what really is a sacrifice, then, if there isn't a sacrifice? Your, your, your energy levels are low, you can't be bothered to pray, and you're still making that effort. Exactly. There's tremendous grace there because that's that's the true essence of a sacrifice, that you know, you're know sacrificing your comfort, convenience in the situation that you are tired and, and you're praying. There's so much grace there. There's just so much grace. Yeah. There's nothing more I can say about that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And in this booklet, you'll find a quotation from Pope St. Now John... Um, John the 23rd and in answer to it's not worth saying the rosary if you're that distracted or you're not getting anything out of it he says the worst rosary is the one that doesn't get said yes <laughs> <laughs> say the rosary with distractions that's worth something you're giving God the time and as you and you get better at it by saying the rosary more and more. I mean, I think people who say the rosary they're so distracted the first time, the first couple of times, and they just think badly of themselves that they're so distracted. Keep going, keep going, keep saying mm. it, trying your best. You're going to get incrementally better. How long have you been saying the rosary, Father? Well, all my <laughs> life. Well, I don't know when I started, but uh, one one story on that is a to very get to a better level, and we're not perfect. Yeah. We're never going to be perfect, but we can get to a better level and there can be more and more grace. And the struggle gives you the grace. There's grace in the struggle. There's grace in the struggle, absolutely. Just one story of a, a lady in Hobart who has since gone to God, but I used to see her when I visited her daughter and her granddaughter. And she died just short of her 109th birthday, 109th birthday. Wow. And when she was 106, she said, I've been saying the rosary every day since I was six. So 100 years <laughs> saying the rosary every day. And um, now one more comment on the rosary. Is it all right, Father, if I say it in bed? To which I answer, I would never try. Well, two things. <laughs> if, you, if I want to say the rosary every day, you might say. So the best time is when I'm lying in bed just before I go to sleep. And I answer to that, don't do that, because the chances of finishing the rosary before you fall asleep are, are, are nil. So 
don't try to say the rosary, your, your rosary of the day in bed. You're going to fall asleep. And in this booklet, too, is a quotation of John Paul II. And when he used to go camping with his the young people in Poland, yep. somebody would suggest, is it all right if we say the rosary lying down? And someone commented, um, he who says, says the rosary lying down, God hears while asleep. So God is going to be asleep when he hears it. He's not going to pay attention if you're saying it lying down. That's a bit of a joke, of course. <laughs> but um, now, what happens if I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't fall asleep? Now, have a rosary beside your bed. Take out the rosary. And this is ideal for just calming yourself and hopefully you will fall asleep before you finish it. You're not trying to say the rosary. You're of just trying day, to pray. Yeah. And another thing about falling asleep, which I once heard on a radio program, and the, the, the talkback radio program was on dealing with insomnia. What do you do when you can't fall asleep at night? And people were talking about counting the sheep jumping over the fence. And uh, one, two, three, how does it go? Um, and various techniques for counting things. And, and then uh, someone rang in and said, don't count the sheep. Talk with the shepherd. <laughs> so fall asleep praying. That's a better idea. Talk, talk with Straight the to the source. <laughs> yes. Okay. So definitely the rosary can be used. To, that's actually a very good point. The rosary can be used to help you fall asleep. And I think I met somebody personally who had struggled to sleep. And he told me his insomnia improved drastically just by saying the rosary. Yeah. But try to say, yeah. if you want to say one rosary every day, say it earlier when you're say wide earlier, awake. And then anything is an added benefit. Then it's an added benefit. Added benefit. I was happy to see that. It, well, it's been a tremendous episode. Thank you very mm. much, Father John Flader, for the tremendous three practical tools. And if you want the practical tool of this episode, get Father John Flader's Understanding the Rosary. Um, so you can go online, type in Understanding the Rosary by Father John Flader, or simply type in Flader, F-L-A-D-E-R on <laughs> Google, and uh, you can access Father John Flader's uh, and find directly where his resources are and to get in contact with you. What is your direct email, Father? Yes, so what they can do is to find the email, it's easier to do it this way. Go to the blog, just put Flutter blog or Flutter. Flutter, go to his website, come up, and, then and then the email on, will be there. At the top there. of the blog site is... Oh, contact, or I can't remember where yes, it is. Yes, the contact there, and the email's clearly the there. Email so, is and there. then you can, Father John Flader can continue answering your questions. So, look, thank you for equipping us with the tools for this week. Now it's time to put them into action. Be sure to subscribe and download the Catholic Toolbox podcast shortly after this episode for or for any other of the episodes, or you can check out our website on www.thecatholictoolboxshow.com. That is on www.thecatholictoolboxshow.com. So thank you for tuning in to the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manassa. Until next week, may I ask your blessing, Father, before we go off here? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and your families and remain forever. Amen. So until next week, God bless, take care, and take action. <laughs>《In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal 
which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our model world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Music